Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Who are you? Pick your class, grab your best adventuring gear, slam a tadpole in your eye, and get ready to romance the whole camp as we talk Baldur's Gate 3 on Normies Like Us. I was infected aboard a geish ship and need to be purified. Consider yourself well and truly taken. I adore you, you know. So, that's what people mean when they talk about butterflies in their stomach. You heard it up top. Grab that d20 and get ready to roll up a new adventure! Because we're talking the fantasy video game series Baldur's Gate 3 here. On Normies Like Us with your host, Colin Larrick. Colin the Cleric. Cleric Colin. Uh, <laughs> I'll be um, Mike Sterion. Definitely not a vampire. Mm. And I will be Shadow Jacob. Oh, <laughs> Shadow Jacob. Great, great. <laughs> well, you know, I think we're going to be rolling a, a nat 20 on fun with today's episode. I got my big D&D wow. dice. This, of course, being based on Hell yeah. uh, Dungeons and Dragons, which we are fans of on this show. Uh, Baldur's these. Gate 3, set in the Forgotten Realms, famous, uh, you know, D&D setting. So, you know. Uh, we'll head down to Baldur's Gate. Uh, we heard that line a little earlier mm-hmm. this year, Mike. That's right. Absolutely. The Sword Coast. Faerun. Baldur's Gate, the end of that, the final confrontation is there. That's not in Baldur's Gate, is it? No, that's in, uh, Never, that's in Neverwinter because um, you remember right. Hugh Grant becomes like the Lord of Neverwinter. And that's where the... Uh, and whole thing takes place right yeah. not to bury the third the there were some some nights have been spent in neverwinter uh previously That's in the right. genre that we'll be getting into but i guess before we'll that get into it yeah, yeah. It's gate. yeah it's there's a lot here <laughs> a lot of heritage from tabletop to crpg too now but uh, what's your background with the crpg genre things like that jacob i yes. think uh, i need to kick it off to you first is, mm. uh, wow well normies you know i may have mentioned it on this podcast before the CRPG genre, uh, a subgenre of RPGs, you could say, based on generally based on tabletop rule sets being transposed to a video game. Uh, and I'm a huge fan of this subgenre. It's a it's a niche kind of genre, but I think the fans of this genre are very hardcore about their fandoms. So it's mm-hmm. a you know it's kind of a community, and uh, you know I love it and. Uh, you know, play Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. Right? Yes. Back in the 90s. Go all the way back to the 90s, Normies. 1998, right? Um, now, I, I want to ask you guys. You guys, were you playing a lot of PC games back in mm. the 90s? Or were you more mm. console boys? Because I you know, I was a Nintendo boy, but we also had a family PC in the living room. And I would just mm-hmm. be playing PC games all the time. Um, so, let me ask you guys that. We, you know, for me, we would get the occasional Jacob, like my dad would definitely pick up the Sims and stuff, but somehow we would miss the phenomenons of like the wow. You know, we, I was not a World of Warcraft guy or anything. I was not a wow guy. Um, yeah, go ahead, Mike. No, I did. Um, I had, mo- we had a PC too, but I was mostly playing like Doom and stuff like that. I didn't do any of the yeah. RPGs. Like 97 Final Fantasy VII came out. So I was doing yeah. all my RPGing on a PlayStation 1. And eventually I would play like Deadly Alliance and, and Champions of Norath and games like that that are sort of similar to CRPG, but it's like the council right. port. Morrowind, so really Elder Scrolls. Yeah. That thief. Stuff. Yeah, Thief. So but that's yeah. PC. Well, well, I would say, you know, 1997, 1998, this was the golden age of PC gaming, I would say. Wow. Because you had 
Um, you know, I was playing like Age of Empires, real time strategy games like that. I was playing StarCraft, yeah. uh, shooters. You had, you know, Half Life. Yeah, Quake uh, at you this had point too. Doom. Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. Wolfenstein 3D. Yeah. Those are a little older, but um, StarCraft was still huge good for us for sure. Yeah. Unreal Tournament Star Wars was Dark Forces. Uh, uh, lots of no. lots of great PC games. No, not for you. No, somehow I missed that, man. Ah, I was wondering. The era of, of the boomer shooter kind of is right around there too. But yeah, we're talking top down, not first person. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You know, I would go with my family. We'd go to like the electronics store, like a block, uh, not Blockbuster. What was it called? Circuit uh, City. Circuit City. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. There was one called Buy. We would get ours from Costco. Best Buy. Yeah, Best Buy. Oh, yeah, yeah, exists, wow. Right? Retail. Man, what a um, flash from the past. Yeah, but I would go into Best Buy. I would look through all the, the boxes of the PC games. I'd be like, which one has, like, the coolest art? Which one looks cool? Uh, <laughs> and one time I picked up this game called Baldur's Gate. And I was like, what is this? This looks cool, you know, fantasy. I'm down with it. Took it home. Uh, you know, installed it uh, and, you know, tried it out. And, you know, I was a very dumb child at the time, so <laughs> I didn't truly get into it because it's a little above my head at that time. But mm-hmm. uh, that was my start with uh, CRPGs and Baldur's Video Day, games just used to be so hard, Jacob. Oh, yeah, for sure. You couldn't always um, Google every solution either. There wasn't no. YouTube videos that show you how to do yeah. it. You have to read now. Yeah. yeah. You would just have to, uh, well, you could buy like those guidebooks, right? Where it would be like the official guidebook. Um, or you could just look up stuff on the internet, try to get like cheat codes or whatever, right? Dig but, through a GameFAQ forum that's like six months old and half of it's yeah. useless information, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The good old days. Um, Mike, I want your history of this franchise, but real quick, Jacob, you always recommend there's kind of a Fallout-y CRPG one. What, what is that franchise? Because mm-hmm. that's when I've always wanted to play. Fallout? That is the first well, two were CRPGs. Oh, I guess so. That's right. It started That's as right. a CRPG, Fallout 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. And then the sort of spiritual sequels to that are the modern... Uh, more modern games, uh, Wasteland 2 and 3. Oh, that's what I'm thinking yeah. of, Wastelands. Yeah. I, I've always wanted to try those ones. Wasteland 2 and 3 are great. And I'll give... Uh, you know, Norris, we're going to talk a lot about this genre today. So I'm going to be giving some recommendations sort of at the end of like, if you're enjoying mm-hmm. Baldur's Gate 3, where could you go if you wanted to stay in this genre? Like, what could you try next? So I'll do that at the end. But um, Wasteland 2 it. and 3 are great. And those were those are sequels to the original Wasteland, which is a game from like 1985 that Fallout was the sort of spiritual sequel to that game. So it's kind of complicated. <laughs> Hey, hold on one more time. Did we, was one of our first episodes, did you make us do like an episode on like Bioware or something? Mm, one so, of these companies yeah. that did like these kind of games specifically. I, I very much remember a lot of impassioned yeah. stuff uh, about coming yes. up again in that one. And we'll get all into it. Bioware, <laughs> Obsidian. These are companies that, you know, you'll know by the end of this episode. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, you're going to be but a yeah. shepherd, I think, through this journey as the biggest Sounds RPG like. fan. Like, I played them a little bit here and there, you know, but I was mostly console side. So it would be, um, you know, the ports of those games that were designed around controller, which we'll get into this. But I'm playing Baldur's Gate 3 with a controller, which you think is yes. madness. But it's honestly perfectly Same analog for my experience with the console ports, you know. Well, I'm glad there is a viable 
way to play with with uh, controller now because that was not the case back in the nineties or even the even in the open really. beta that we played about fifty hours of or so as a group. Yeah. So we played um, this before, like two years ago, and now it's finally out. Important so to point out. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, Normies, we are talking about Baldur's Gate three from Larian Studios. The one of the biggest games of the year already and um, a huge hit just for this genre because usually these games are pretty niche. So for this one to be a huge breakout hit and potentially game of the year, people are already saying. So uh, I'm excited to talk about it. For the sure. highest yeah. rated computer game of all time or something wow. like that on right. Metacritic now. 875,000 concurrent players at its peak. Almost a million people playing at the same Almost time. Almost as much as Elden Ring. Wow. Insane. That's insane. Exactly. That's From an old ring to a bald gate. And I am right. so happy. The <laughs> fantasy is booming and this game is great. And I think yeah. uh, what we'll do is we're going to get into it. We'll try to be a spoiler light. We're going to keep our conversation to basically what was available in early access, like the starting act one stuff. First act. Yeah. You know, we'll try we're not gonna to get to the end of the first act. spoil quests right. if we can, but there might be a thing or two that we let slip. But overall, it's a massive game everyone has a different experience playing it like no two people i've talked to have had anywhere near the same overall pathway through some of these quests so really really incredible stuff so i think we're going to jump into it um and as we transition over there jacob's going to give us kind of a breakdown of the history of the crpg and how we culminated with the crowning jewel of the genre in Baldur's gate 3 uh right that's right Talking Baldur's Gate 3 here on Normies Like Us, the smash fantasy phenomenon video game uh, that I'm excited to learn more about, Jacob. That's right. Well, you might be wondering, like, what led us to this point with Baldur's Gate 3 being a Mm -hmm. huge hit? Well, obviously, Baldur's Gate 1, uh, like I mentioned, came out in 1998, made by Bioware and Black Isle Studios. Uh, A year before this, in 97, you had Fallout 1, Mm, which you could kind of consider the first modern crpg with Baldur's gate really solidifying that genre and then also mm-hmm. in 97 you had another game uh, a similar game a little game called diablo which yeah, is yes. considered an arpg an action rpg so a slightly different subgenre. now um, what would be what the, is, yeah, the what is the difference yeah tell us there please well you know it's kind of loosely defined but Diablo okay. is more action-oriented, uh, whereas a CRPG like Baldur's Gate is more story-oriented, where there is still combat, obviously, but it's a lot more into the immersive RPG elements of it mm. uh, versus Diablo, where it's much more, I guess, action-oriented, yeah. obviously. Yeah, I, I, would, I would kind of draw the line with turn-based combat versus real-time combat. Like, you're kind of well, controlling I even... things, right? Yeah. Well, I would disagree with that only because um, CRPGs can have real-time combat or Uh, turn-based combat. So the original Baldur's Gate, yeah, is real-time. It's called Real-Time with Pause. Mm. Uh, And generally... Yes. So so generally these games are either turn-based or real-time with pause. Now, what does real-time with pause mean? Well... It, so the action is happening in real time and the turns are still happening like in the background, but you can pause at any time, give your guys orders and then unpause. They carry out the orders in real time. Bioware so, made a uh, mass effect. 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. They did Mayfield so, Republic and uh, Jade yes. Empire. It's a often overlooked good game that they made, but yeah. That's <laughs> right. So they started kind of with this, the 2D isometric top-down RPG. Then mm. they went into, yeah, Knights of the Old Republic, Jade Empire, 3D now. Dragon Age, Origins, Mass Dragon Effect. Age. Kind of keeping the same formula, but modernizing it, going to 3D, making it more of a shooter for Mass Effect. Um, and then, unfortunately, huge the stories, though. Yes, they're the known for their storytelling. Yeah, really big. They're yeah, they're companions. You develop relationships with these companions over time. Morality um, systems, sometimes that kind of thing. A yes, lot of player exactly. control over the, and the story. They kind of refine their formula over these games. And from you know the late '90s to the mid 2000s, they were like just putting out solid gold hits every time. Then they were mm-hmm. bought by EA in mm-hmm. what, 2007 and yeah. uh, pretty much went downhill from there. Uh, you know, they made Dragon Age Origins. They made Mass Effect 2. Those are kind of considered their last two great games. Mm-hmm. Then they made uh, Dragon Age 2. Huge disappointment. Mass Effect 3, pretty big disappointment. Um, Andromeda. And then they would go on. <laughs> yeah. Mass, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. <laughs> Uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, which was a little better than two, in my opinion, but still not very good. And then, you know, it's been downhill. They made Anthem, a Destiny-like clone type of game that was a huge yeah. failure, like a live service game that shut down in 2021. All right. Um, yeah. What's interesting is like, you know, the, this whole thing starts with Bioware and Baldur's Gate and the license for D&D or whatever. But now like Bioware, you know, they kind of get pulled away. Like, so it's not like they, they kind of gave a seeding the idea. But then it's going to take like another studio that's inspired by that. And they're going to take the reins over. And I'm, you know, alluding exactly. to Larian. But if you can kind of yeah. bridge the gap Larian, between, yeah, Baldur's Gate sure. and Larian. And I would say even before Larian, there's this game, that, there's this company that comes around called Obsidian. Ah, yes. And Obsidian was founded by former Black Isle employees. So Black Isle goes out of business in like not in like uh pretty much right after Baldur's Gate 2 and in those games um, in the early mm-hmm. 2000s. But then these former Black Isle employees form Obsidian. Obsidian would kind of take the mantle. They would make, they made KOTOR 2 after, you know, Bioware made KOTOR 1. They made Neverwinter Nights 2 after Bioware made Neverwinter Nights. Okay, yeah. um, And then they would go on to make what I would argue is the best Fallout game, Fallout New Vegas. Mm. Um, Which, again. And then they would go on to make... Pillars of Eternity 1 and 2, which was really the spiritual successor to the original Baldur's Gates before this Larian game came around. So if you look at those games, I mean, you can just see it's immediately noticeable in the aesthetic and the gameplay and stuff. Like, those are spiritual sequels to these late 90s CRPGs. Right. The fantasy world, not necessarily licensed and D&D branded. We have different proper nouns, but overall, mechanically, visually, fantasy world, different classes and races and that sort of thing. Yeah, different lore, different world, but very similar uh, mechanics and gameplay. Then on the other side, you had Larian at the same time developing their Divinity series, um, culminating with Divinity Original Sin 1 and Divinity Original Sin 2, which was the predecessor to this Baldur's Gate 3. So this game draws a lot from that game with combat mechanics, but this just takes on the D&D IP. Um, So... You know, you get it's, it. It's that like is all incredibly murky. <laughs> no, but yes. what I like about I it, Obsidian, because that you can't you can't talk about this genre without also mentioning Obsidian. Because Pillars of Eternity, yeah, I, I would have been yeah. remiss. It would have been my original sin to skip over them. But um, what I'm what I like about it is like 
so many different kind of hands have touched the process to get us here. We had to have Bioware, yes. one of the all-time greats, start the fire. Then you have Insidian carry the torch, and then we hand that torch to Larian, and they just That's take right. it, tie a flag to it, and put it in the ground and say, we've got it. We got Baldur's Gate 3. It took three different studios of inspiration and vision to get there. And now oh, it's yeah. here, and that's insane just how popular it is because it is a very niche genre. So. Yeah, and I would say Obsidian, they wanted to get the rights back for Baldur's Gate um, because, like you mentioned, Colin, Baldur's, you know, the Baldur's Gate rights, they were kind of up for grabs in the 2000s. Um, mm. Atari, like, had the license. Uh, and so, you know, Obsidian was, like, trying to pitch another Baldur's Gate game. Didn't work out, so they ended up making Pillars of Eternity, which was a Kickstarter game. So a lot of these games, because they're so niche, oh. in the 2000s, there was like a lull where these mu- mm-hmm. these games weren't getting made. But then they took to Kickstarter they called and were like... enough to be funded, no. right? Yeah. But the true fans are like, you know, we'll pay you on Kickstarter. Let's get these mm-hmm. projects made. That's how Wasteland 2 and then Wasteland 3 got made. So a lot of these smaller CRPGs are getting funded through Kickstarters. Um and then you have Larian, a Belgian game studio, making their Divinity games. Um, and they had a take on D&D, uh, the D&D rule set. They kind of pitched that. And they won the rights to make this game. And, uh, you know, they started making it several years ago. It's been in early access for three years, since 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, now it's finally here. So... Yeah. Can I, can I ask you, Jacob, before we dive into the actual game itself, what is it in particular about this genre that you like so much? And of course, to point out, we're all role players here. We enjoy Dungeons and Dragons. Is that yes. sort of part of it? It really is. It's the idea of taking the tabletop rule set, transposing it into a video game setting. And it's the dream of being able to play D&D in a video game, you know, because sometimes you want to play D and D, but you don't have a group that you can get together on a regular basis, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and this, you know, again, it goes back to the nineties with Baldur's gate one and two, they were based on advanced dungeon and dragons second edition, which was the, you know, the edition at the time, um, and then it went to third edition. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then this game is based on uh, fifth edition. So it's, it's changed a lot over the years, but there's been many attempts to kind of, transpose this tabletop rules because if you can work on the tabletop it should be able to work even yeah. better in a in a computer it's just you know? the math and it still uses a similar dice system and damage role like it's it's sometimes the rules yeah. are happening right in your face in this and other games it's in the background but i like um there's a there's a movement at this time to get D basically fantasy influenced stuff to a video game and on like one side we're dealing with the pathway of Western developers doing things like Ultima and Elder Scrolls. Like, that's where you're getting the first person. Like, what is D&D? Oh, I'm in the character, first person swinging a sword. Then you have yeah. Final Fantasy, Link, Zelda, the Japan take, where it's turn-based, turn-based action, epic story. Right. And then this CRPG is actually, like, how do we make it feel the most tabletop-y in gameplay expression, right? So, that's like, this is the yeah. purest kind of D&D, D&D type game is what I'm getting With at. With the real time with pause, which was the most popular method in the nineties to two thousands to kind of transposing to the turn based, um, where other attempts have been made to kind of like, like with the pillars attorney game, there is a way you can do turn based or real time with pause or with mm-hmm. the pathfinder game. I mentioned the pathfinders games in our last watch. If you remember normies, um, mm-hmm. 
they have you can go you can swap between the real time and turn based in that game um but i think this game has done it better than anyone and really mm-hmm. simplified the concept of combat within the D setting and made it work for a video game like no other um Damn. yeah back in Baldur's gate you it relied on like thaco a lot you guys know what thaco is yeah that was no that, uh, lower lower number better armor. D&D two, second like edition really stuff weird. oh okay yeah. It's like a spread, a tasty, delicious spread that gave you health. Yeah, Yeah, it was like basically a chance to hit. Basically, we have AC now, which is a lot simpler Mm -hmm. concept of like two hit AC as such. Zero. Yes. Yeah. And there's a bunch of calculations going on in the background, but that's why Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 were so great because you could just focus on the storyline and your character and you don't have to worry about all the calculations that the, the game is doing. There's like different calculations for every type of weapon versus types of armor, I think. So it's like just really stupid instead of just a flat yeah. that we have in fifth edition. Your armor class is 13. If you beat a 13 with your bonus added to the roll, you win. Right. right? It's like so much simpler now. But but yeah. those games were still like revolutionary. And I think well, if they're taking it, the headache out. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I one last thing I just want to mention. Mm-hmm. We talked about, I think, before. um 2D games from the 90s and the 2000s tended to age better than 3D games from that time period. Mm-hmm. If you look at Morrowind, Elder Scrolls Morrowind, which came out in 2002, four years after the Baldur's Gate games, yeah. like today's stand by today's standards, you wouldn't want to play more. Like you could play Morrowind for like the nostalgia factor, but like the mm-hmm. graphics are just rough. The combat mm-hmm. is rough. Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, they hold up. And I actually own the the enhanced editions, which you can buy for like a couple bucks on steam. Wow. They're basically remasters where they, they don't even have to do much to the artwork because the artwork just still looks so good. Um, they kind of add some quality of life improvements to the UI and stuff like that, but um, they're still worth playing. They still hold up to this day. So yeah, it's like yeah. some of those, you know, resident evil uh, remaster re- remake on gamecube that's like 2001 or something but like yeah because it's pre-rendered backgrounds and stuff it still holds up and looks better than yeah. a lot of games that came out in 2000 and even <laughs> the lighting effects on the td you know the 2d environments and you have your mm-hmm. 2d characters but the way they do the lighting like it still just looks so good they you know they up res it to like 16 by 9 because the original was 4 3 right, um right. so just modernizing it but they really don't have to remaster the artwork at all so it's pretty pretty amazing how good it looked for the 90s right and then you know the legacy now you know larian they've done it they released it they're living the dream they're the new uh cd project red hopefully without controversy because they uh european studio hot new european studio well they're not new but they're finally on the map with something like the witcher it took Baldur's gate three to get them on the map although fans said original sin 2 is a masterpiece there just weren't as many casual people into it so now they're getting their flowers i think uh i would say mike there's a lot of similarities with witcher 3 because witcher 3 is the third game in a series the first Mm -hmm. two most people never played Uh just like this game Uh Um, but everyone's played the third one and Baldur's gate was a lot like cyberpunk where it had a lot of hype but it actually lived up to the hype on release and i think that's due to that long early access period where they could work out all the bugs maybe if cyberpunk took their time and released the game when it was ready it would have been Mm -hmm. You know, much but that would be season. like in four months when the DLC comes out. <laughs> but the, like, I, yeah. but hey, look at what's happening. It's still, here. not it would have been done. worth it. Like if you told yeah. me in 2020 that this game was going to be in early access for three years, I'd be like, "Well, that's insane." Like I want to play the full game now. But it was ultimately worth it. So it was yeah, totally worth so it. Wait. Long. Look at what yeah. we're dealing with here. We have a massive game. You get everything 
for one price. There's no DLC, no, no add-on, no, no microtransactions. microtransactions. It's all it's there. Cosmetics. It's just like hundreds yeah. of hours. Hundreds you buy and the hundreds game, of hours. And you have all the content. And this game, yeah, this like Elden Ring is just too, massive. just a whole ass game for one price. Imagine yes. what happens when you give people just a product that's done. Like, and just to notes. describe, just to tell Colin, like it's impossible to describe this game without playing it. The scope, the scale of it all, the You've amount seen of choices. Some of play right. Yeah. Let's yeah, let's let's set up because we're going to talk slide about uh, actually playing the game. Now we're going to slide in. We're going to talk about uh, playing Baldur's Gate three. We're back. We're talking Baldur's Gate 3 here on Normies Like Us. And look, here's how it's going to go. We're going to talk about playing it now. Spoilers. This is a game that has spoilers, right? It's, it's a, a complex story, right? There's a lot of story, side quests right? that happen. I would say, the way yeah. They, yeah, everybody has a different You don't want to be spoiled on story elements and stuff. So we'll keep it to the very beginning of the game, essentially, right? But we'll, we can Act talk about companions. Yeah, we'll talk the about the exciting incident of the game. Yeah, Just to set up on hands usage of it all um i mm. have only watched about two hours worth of the actual release game i would say of jacob mm. actually playing uh i've seen a couple of videos listened to a couple of reviews and then of course as you guys keep pointing out i've watched many hours of you guys playing the beta so i, oh, I feel sure. very familiar with this game but of, of well, course if you guys want to set up how much you are playing it cool. yes and I would say the the hours that you watched of me, Colin, were not a great representation of the game <laughs> due to the way I was playing because it's probably not well, the most interesting just to watch me walk around a room slowly and look at every saw box. some character creation stuff. I, yeah, you know, got, got to see <laughs> some the character creation stuff, which yeah. you could spend hours just in the character yeah. creator. Oh man, um, the amount of choices you have in race, class, you know. Aesthetics. Set up real, real quick. Yeah. How yeah, many yeah. hours are you both into this thing right now? Okay. Well, I would say, I mean, on Steam it has total hours, but that also includes all the I'm early access. For recently. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Recently, I've done about fifty hours um, between my solo game and this in a new co-op game that Mike and I are running with uh, some of our friends, friends of the the podcast, right? Yep, Chris uh, and our Chris cousin Steven. The Final Fantasy episode, episode but put yep. it up. two towers. Um, but I, I had to pull yeah. up my receipts. In the last two weeks, I have seventy-three hours. Oh my god, hours. Mike! I, I just have to, to put say, it in perspective. Well, um, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I started this the game three like days. Day, you lost playing it. Yes, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> the day this game, the full release came out, I started playing it. Then I told Mike, I was like, you got to get back into this. He started uh-huh. maybe a week after me and then Ooh. now has surpassed me by like 20 hours in terms Ooh. of time play. Guys, guys, I have to say this is bad for me. I, I want to play. It's so good that I want to play it more than I want to do anything else. Like it is yeah, bad more than I want to, I want to right eat or I don't talk to get you guys. up like it's it's I will forego everything it's so dangerous so i really have to set a hard limit now but uh, i had some yeah. weekends that i took time specifically for it but i have been addicted and i freaking love it um it's incredible i'm the same i mean when this i have a problem you know, early too, but. this came out in the beginning of august i was playing it heavily like the first two weeks 
I ended up having a pretty busy schedule this last couple of weeks, which really sucks because it's limited my time playing this. <laughs> like we want and to not have real life. I want to live yeah, all day. I'm realms. thinking like, why can I not just play this game for eight hours straight? <laughs> uh-huh. like, please. I need a day. I want I to fight the game. Harpers. I want to fight the Harpers game. <laughs> yes. Harpers, Harpies. Got it all, man. Uh, yeah. So um, I love it. Just, but yeah. Early impressions, I mean, it's insanely large. Like, I haven't really had a reaction to a game like this probably since Elden Ring. Mm. Of just, like, every time you go in a new area, you're like, there's, like, so much to do here. Like, it's not the biggest in, like, map size, but the way it works is, like, it's so densely compacted. Like, there's just so Mm -hmm. much to do everywhere you go. You walk into, like, what you think is an abandoned house, go into a cellar. There's a whole, like, sub-dungeon down there with a whole side quest that you can do. I mean, it's insane. There's stuff that you could just, yeah, every little village, town, area, whatever, hub has just like a, a mile deep worth of content. Like there's there's entire quests of, if you can learn speak to animals, there's entire quests of just animal shit that I have not interacted yeah. with at all. Like there's so many there's layers of stuff. voice cast for every animal in the game has a human, has like english you know voice lines for you specifically if you and like they want you to go retrieve things for them or they're having trouble with other animals and it's like and some people will just never see that because they're not going to do speak with animals so there's an entire world of content that just they know (laughs) so many ways somebody's just not going to see yeah yeah and you're not supposed to see everything on your first time because you could literally play this game dozens of times and not play and not have the same experience twice like it's that varied to where you know different companions you're you're bonding with different play styles you can do evil you can do good you know i mean it's you can do a lot more than that but it's just insane and even the order in which you do things like we've played the intro several times for the open beta you know so we've done the beginning of this game a lot and then you know i would just go different areas because i didn't want to see stuff and then i would return to an area we'd done in the beta but now the situation has changed just because of the time it took me to go there. Like the world yeah. is kind of moving around you, even if you don't realize it. Um, it's not static, you know, it's evolving. Yes. And, you know, Mike and I were comparing last night, like what have we done in our solo games? And he had done stuff that I hadn't done. I had done stuff that he hadn't done because mm-hmm. it's that much. You can just miss stuff. I've played 50 hours and I haven't even made it. I haven't even finished the first act of three acts. So I'm still wow. on the first. I'm just getting to the end of the first act. I'm ready to move into act two. But like, it's an enormous game. You could spend 150 hours easily in one I, playthrough yeah. of this game. I spent 70 hours and I just got to act two last night. Like I finally yeah. said I'd had enough in act one. Jacob kind of pointed out some things that I might have missed that I checked out. And then I was like, okay, I think I'm pretty confident now. And yeah. we went. But wow. let's, let's talk about a little bit of, you know, our characters, you know, because the character creation is a big thing. We can talk about in general like that system and then some of the party members Absolutely. that we meet and kind of the role that they because what they do is the the other characters, they're kind of teaching you what the other classes are in the game. And by playing solo, you learn how to play each class. So then when you make a new game, you're like, oh, you know, I had fun playing as the wizard or the cleric or whatever, where normally you might not roll that character for yourself. So it's kind of cool that you get to learn how to play all the different classes. Uh, But first you got to make your own, you know, if you want to. Yeah, it's as as varied as real D&D, where if you, there's so many different play styles, you can be a magic user, you can be a straight bonk boy, fighter. Uh, Yeah. You can be a bard, you can be a ranger, like literally, you know, 
Any, anything in D and D, any you can fifth be, edition so. class, but yeah, you pick your yeah. your race. You know, they have every you know elf, half elf, halfling. You know, all that stuff. Dwarves, tiefling, you know, dragon, dragonborn. I think so I saw something that. that said twenty nine different subspecies, something like that, for the yeah. races. With, That's with like incredible. Uh, yeah, all the different dragonborn colors. Like, there's like mm. different colors of dragon. There's right? like so deep that, mountain there's like ten different dwarves yeah and there's shit. drow yeah, like deep yeah. Mountain yeah 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 they, they do really good barbecue but i will tell you so for my character i went with a warlock mm-hmm. a tiefling warlock who is a great old one uh worshiper so basically i am yeah a, so what is a warlock this like as opposed to a wizard yes. wizards read books for magic what do warlocks right. do? what makes them different? so warlock generally has a pact with a patron and the patron kind of gives them their magical abilities mm-hmm. so that's just a mean so there's three subsects of uh warlocks in this game so you can either your patron is either the great old one the fiend or the fey something right the I think yeah. third one is something fey so Good the, fey the, is, the ugly yeah. yeah yeah the fiend is like a devil the great old one is like an eldritch you know lovecraftian yeah, Cthulhu. Yeah, yeah yeah which fits in perfectly with the storyline of this game which deals heavily with mind flayers and illithid powers and psionic mind control so i'm really kind of rping that of like i'm already worshiping that stuff so like i'm into it baby I'm not evil, but I'm, I'm kind of using those illithid powers, which is another element of this game that you, you have a parasite in your brain, right? And the more parasite <laughs> powers you consume, the, the stronger you get with psionically, but you're also altering your body potentially in your mind. Yeah. So, so the, the opening of this game, we saw it in the open beta, you're, you're on an illithid ship, you're being kidnapped by mind flares and they put a tadpole in your brain. Um, and everybody you encounter that joins your party, they all have tadpoles and you're like, shoot, we all have the same problem. We need to get these out or not, you know, whatever. And generally you're bound together by this kind of. Yeah. And the mind flare tadpole is how they turn. So they turn people into mind flares with this tadpole. So it, goes in your mind it changes you you turn into a mind flare right but for some reason these these tadpoles are not changing us we don't have the symptoms of becoming a mind flare because they're special but they do give us these special powers yeah and so that's a difference too like i'm i leaned completely out of the tadpole stuff and real quick i uh, mm. i made a halfling fighter so i made a little hobbit guy who uses a giant sword and he runs around and he just does the most damage he likes to jump very far he can jump really far because he can't run very far so <laughs> in the battle he leaps as far as he can and goes crazy he's but, like uh, frodo He's like he's. I named him after the uh, child of Samwise Gamgee named Hamfast. So he's Hamfast. Hamfast. He's a little Hamfast, and he runs around. Right. And, yeah, it's Ham-fast. great. Hamfast. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. him. That's amazing. But uh, he leans out of the tadpole thing. I have not done anything to. G- I haven't said, "Give mm. me more tad, daddy." Like I'm no more tadpoles for me. Tad so daddy. I have no yeah. powers. Um, but Jacob has a that's ton crazy, of powers, yeah. and so it's like just that's a choice that we made. Yeah, I'm sure know? there'll be no negative side effects of consuming mm. these illithid. Uh, powers that are changing the chemistry of my brain slowly. Giving I'm me sure that'll be totally short-term fine. rewards for no penalty. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All my companions are like, definitely don't do that. That's a bad idea. And I just ignored him and I said, "What do you know? I'm a great yeah. old one warlock. You're a fool. Yeah, I know." Cthulhu. And uh, <laughs> yeah, but my character, I have high charisma, 
um, because Warlock is a charisma-based spell user, so their mm-hmm. the, their charisma modifier is what gives them their power, which also allows me to be a very good talky boy, so I can talk my way out of things. I have high persuasion, high deception, so a lot of times I can just get out of fights by just saying, "Hey, we're cool, right?" You know, and then mm-hmm. that's a total totally viable way to play this game as well. I just get as many bonuses as I can cast on Little Ham fast because he's not a good talky boy and. <laughs> Occasionally, right. I will admit to save scumming a conversation if it's like, no, I want to, I want to see the the this way. Um, yeah, so I'll just, I'll just cheat. <laughs> but I'm a 34 year old man playing a video game in his free time. Yeah, play it how Come I on, want. Man. You know, it's like time's time. limited. Yeah, yeah, every way of playing is viable, and that's yeah. what's amazing is that there's so many different ways you can play. And for me, like I kind of tailored. I was like, I want to be a warlock. I want to be able to talk my way out of things. I want to be able to speak to animals. So I even gave myself the speak to animals power. So I can, you know, I have all those uh, voice acted animal uh, lines Mm -hmm. in my game, which is great. I have a little imp buddy that follows me around and uh, we have a great time. Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty awesome because again, like I'm not doing magic playthrough and I thought being a fighter would be boring, but I'm like, I'm going to make an off meta. I'm not going to min max. I know a halfling is not the best for a fighter, so I want to do it. And then because of picking a non-optimal class for it, it ends up having like weird quirks. Like, okay, I have to have athletics jump so I can just at least get into the fray because I can't make Ah. it there in one turn. Like I had to find (laughs) a way around that. And and you're playing Mario. Yeah, yeah. So I just got to, he jumps people. He just jumps fools all day, you know? Um, I think the fighter is a great class for newbies to the genre of like a CRPG. Like, okay, I don't want to get into super, like doing a lot of spells and stuff. That seems really complicated. I just want to run up and hit stuff with a sword. Yep. You know, fighter is a totally viable way to play. It eases you into the action economy of action, bonus action. Like, you know, because when you're a spell user, you just have so many options to do with an action. So if you start with a fighter or a barbarian, you'll you'll be eased into kind of the language of 5e rules. And there are a lot of things 5e related that this helps you understand, like understanding initiative order and stuff like that's all the same way it is on tabletop. And also, if you already have a familiarity with D&D, then it's going to be a lot easier getting into this game uh, because it's, you know, all the rules are the same. So if you already understand the basic concepts of D&D, um, you're going to have a, you're going to have a good time with this game. Like I ran into the Harpers and because I watched the movie and I know d and I'm like, oh, I know what they're about. OK, cool. Yeah. You know, that, that kind hey, of thing. Hey, Ed's here. So this Colin. is set, yeah, in the Forbidden... Uh, realms which is what you know D honor among thieves was set in and this is a huge year for D in popular media i would say even though that movie Hooray. didn't do great financially i think people are kind of discovering it on streaming like i predicted they would and saying hey this is great why didn't people tell me about this movie yeah, um yeah. You can we even come across a book that alludes to the Red Wizards. Like there's things yes. that happen in that movie Zaz-tam. that are like, yeah, that's from the movie is, is uh, the Red Wizards to. of Thay. Yeah, so so uh, it's Colin, awesome. if you were going to make a character though, what would you do? Yes, you know, what would you know, be combination? Um, and I definitely want you guys to talk about your your duo uh, game that you you played uh, your your four party. Oh yeah, our but, party yeah. I was talking to Jacob while he was playing and he was like, what would you play? What would you play? And he was showing me the whole character creation screen and just hearing fun stuff. Like Mike is a halfling guy 
who's all battle. I was like, that's hilarious. The other member in your team who you said is a half elf, <clears throat> half elf, half what else? So that's, that's kind of like our head cannon, but he's a, he's a half elf, half tiefling. Oh yeah. Um, he, you can't really make that in the game, but he's a totally. tiefling with no horns and, and you guys said skin. just through aesthetics, you know, he's setting up his own lore, mm-hmm. doing stuff like that. My point being that, you could be so creative, so imaginative. It truly made me sit down for a second and be like, ah, I bet I would pick something dumb. But I said cleric up top and I did say to Jacob, like, maybe I would do something kind of fun like that, even though and I also want to hear you guys talk about the companions. Mm-hmm. You pointed out it's kind of useless since you can just kind of have a buddy medic with you the whole time. Yeah, one of your main companions is a cleric, but you can also just leave that companion in camp. Like there's a companion yeah. that's a warlock. He never gets to come along with me because I'm already a warlock and it's, you know, overlapping of skills. So Will stays in the camp. Um, mm-hmm. So even if you double with one of the companions classes, it's OK. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, I think maybe they could, could mention the companions, because like I said, they each kind of fulfill a specific role um, as a class and then teaches you kind of what that class is about, you know. So, yes. And this um, is really have... a staple of the uh, just just to say this is a staple mm-hmm. of the CRPG genre. And this reminds me a lot of the Bioware game, Dragon Age Origins, which had a big companion aspect to it, like Mass Effect on the sci-fi side. But there mm-hmm. was a you know an aspect where you would go back to camp every night to rest. You would talk to your companions. You would do their side quests. And over time, you would gain a bond with them. And so this game really reminds me of Dragon Age Origins. Well, <laughs> gain a bond with them. I know you're about to literally list their names off mic, but like when you, <laughs> mm-hmm. like when I think of like Mass Effect and companions, like yeah. when did this sort of history start of like, and also Jacob, you should be able to <laughs> fuck all these characters. Yeah. 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 Content <laughs> well, alert. That's it's gone gonna back. mature now. It's yeah. going to get a little mature going forward. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of gone back years. Right. But I think what, Baldur's Gate 3 does that's a little different than a lot of games like Mass Effect is it kind of shows everything. It shows nudity. Oh, uh, wow. It you can, there's a, you can toggle on and off. Here's the thing. Yeah. People wow. talk about Mass Effect like, you know, these relationships are so amazing, but they cut away before anything good happens. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why, what are you even doing here? You know? I mean, they're so, like yeah. smoke monsters and frogmen <laughs> and stuff in that yeah. way. So like, what happens to the Forgotten Realm stays forgotten. Yeah. Right. I guess. Um, but I think what also makes this different is just the, the horniness of all your companions who will actively try to like get with you as soon they, as possible. They are... They are beat them off. Rizzing the you up. They are yeah. rizzing you up. <laughs> You've never this felt more party. desired. Right. So, <laughs> yes, so this is how, yeah, everybody in your party is very attractive and they are all trying to get at you, right? It's a very horny game. Um, and they're all, uh, the other thing is like compared to cyberpunk, cyberpunk had a very specific, if you wanted to be with Judy, you had to be a woman because Judy only gets with mm-hmm. women. All their characters only get with men. Like none of them were bisexual, right? Every character in this game is bisexual. I'll yeah, just say that. and you like, can you create can romance a... anyone with any any gender, whatever you want. Yeah, you know? and you can uh, have the Riverdale of video character. games. You, you can be anything you want, however you want. Yeah, you, know? um, you can have a thruple so... with a starian and Shadowheart if you want. It's great. Yeah, but like that's true. The character creation is it is awesome because all the characters want you no matter what. But you can create like 
you could have, you know, the female toggle switch, but still have a dick. Like, like you can make anybody that you want, any type of human person yeah. being. And I think that's awesome. So everybody wants to get with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Um, let's run through it. We have Asterion. Yeah. He's a thirsty vampire boy, right? Oh, my so, God. Well, we have, rogue. if we're going in order of appearance, right? We have In order of appearance, like how they look? Wow. Or <laughs> like uh, no, in the game, I the know. order that they appear. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. So we have Lazel. We have Lazel, who is a Gith Yankee. Now, a Gith Yankee, you're like, what? What, is, what the fuck is a Gith Yankee? Well, this is a lesser known race within D and D that I would I call the Klingons of D and D. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of a warrior culture. Um, tall and goblins. The Gith Yankee I call are like, them. They're what? Uh, tall, gobs. tall goblins. <laughs> but they're green. They're green goblins. Right. Green right, goblins. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Jacob. There's actually a very famous green goblin. <laughs> oh, no. Is there? Oh, yeah. He uh, <laughs> kind of would fit in with this group, I think. Yeah. Get Willem in there. Um, yeah. He'd fit right in. But the Gith, so the Gith <laughs> are the mortal enemies of the mind. They're the rivals of the mind flayers. They used to be kind of enslaved by the mind flayers. They broke away, became this warrior culture. But there are two subsects of the Gith. There's the Gith Yankee and the Gith Zarai. So the Gith Zarai are more like the the good Klingons the, that are now allied with the Federation and TNG versus the evil Klingons. So it's like, you know, warrior culture of good versus warrior culture of evil kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those, they look like big, they look like green reptile people, right? Yeah, they're like very lanky, tall, you know, they, they're, they're skinny, they but they're like powerful. silver armor and silver yeah, swords. Yeah, yeah. They ride they're red Gith dragons. lanky? Yeah, they're Gith lanky. Gith-lanky. Yeah, they're, they do ride dragons. They're extremely badass. Um, they're very but they're badass, trying to yeah. stop the, the, the mind flayers. So you meet her. She wants to kill you, but then you have a psychic tadpole. So she's like, all right, we're going to work together. But I, she thinks she's the boss because she's very militant. Yeah, she's I, very I'm bossy. helping you if you wish to come along. Who are, the, who are those uh, mm-hmm. evil Klingon twin sisters? What, what were their names? The Duras sisters. Oh, Lerza and Bator. Uh, she yeah, is the first Duras sister. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. I love the House it. of Duras. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, then um, we find uh, Shadowheart trapped on the ship. Shadowheart. Then we a find half elf. My or? girl. Yeah, she's yeah. a. I think she's a full a high elf. Um, right. She's a. She is a worshiper of Shar. She belongs to the cult of Shar, which is the goddess of darkness and shadows. Yeah, uh, and is she's the opposite of, of Saluna. Yeah, Saluna yeah. is the so goddess. That's definitely of not her real name. She's taking on this goth, hot ass <laughs> oh, man. Heart. That's her Tumblr. It is, it is the most edgiest <laughs> name possible, Shadowheart. <laughs> it uh, is, but that's why I love her because she's like a goth. Uh, she's a she's an emo girl, and she's an emo she's my girl, type. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> she is my number one girl in this game. Right. So then uh, we have her. <laughs> Once for the ship crashes, we you know the intro. We do a thing, but then you can meet kind of in a, any order now at this point. Yeah, right? but generally you have Gale, you have Astarian, then yeah. you have Will, then you have Carlac, right? So, yeah. So let's go in that order. Gale, Gale trapped yeah. on rock, <laughs> wizard man. Gale, Gale yeah. is a wizard extraordinaire. Uh, you find out that uh, minor spoiler. Minor alert, spoiler. He had sex with the goddess of magic and tried yeah. to become an all-powerful wizard, but it backfired, hey, and now he, he has. <laughs> like a black hole of magic in his chest that he needs to feed with magical items or he will explode. Oh, yeah, that's so, a great backstory. That is but so, it's so cool. Cause then when he's trying to hit on you, it's like, dude, you, you slept with like <laughs> God, like what, what do you, what am I, how can I say no? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty Wait, cool. But Shadowheart also has a portal for a heart. 
No, no, she just has she just has shadows. It's just in her, her screen name, you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. She would have X's on the end of her her username, probably. That's fair. Yeah, she's a suicide definitely. girl. XX um, Shadow Heart XX. Um, but yeah, then so we have a wizard. Starian. Yeah, our yeah. Starians are vampire rogue, lock picking, backstabbing, that kind of thing. Yeah, he was a vampire spawn of a vampire lord. If you know, a vampire spawn is where you get basically half turned into a vampire where they bite you. But then to, to finish the ritual, you're supposed to bite them and drink their blood to become a full vampire. But if instead they, they don't just let you do enslaves that. his thrall. So he's basically a thrall to a uh, vampire lord, but he escaped and now he just wants his freedom. And he is a very uh, rambunctious fellow, you could say. He's so rambunctious. <laughs> yeah, he's got great hair. Um, yeah. And then he's great. Carlac, right? We missing. Well, they have Will, who is a oh, warlock, the Blade of Frontiers, who is on a journey to fight to, to defeat Carlac, who he thinks is an evil devil type of thing. That's right. Um, They're kind of intertwined in more ways. Yeah. Than um. So he Carlac, was like a, do you want to? Oh yeah. Yeah, Will, I'll do that, and then we'll bring it in. So he Will's was like the, most, the least interesting. He's the most uh, interesting, companion. but least interesting to use, I think, because his yeah. deal. Mm is he's known as the Blade of the Frontier and he would protect oh. everybody at the Sword Coast. He's the greatest. I want to help people, right? And his father's this rich guy, but he just goes out and helps the people by fighting monsters, right? But he made a deal with um, a demon, a hot-ass demon lady, and he's a warlock. Yeah, so that's he why he's a warlock, so he's packed. Yeah. But he can exactly. only... Oh. But it's, you know, rabbits, you know, or monkey's paw. Like, he got the powers, but she makes him do shit, and he she has control over yeah, him. Never make know. a deal with the devil, right? Obviously. Yeah. So, he was supposed to kill Carlac because the devil knew Carlac's homie. Carlac fled from war. She was a warrior, and it's like, I don't want a war. I'm getting out of this place. So, Carlac so. is a big red tiefling. Yeah. Looks like a devil, right? She's a barbarian, um, and she was in service of a devil in Avernus who was making her like fight these wars and Avernus everything. is literally hell. Like it's a plane yeah. of existence with fire. So, so yeah. there's um so in 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 the Forgotten Realms there's this thing called the multiverse, uh, which is there's a bunch of different realms and one of them is Avernus, which is one of the nine realms of hell, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, you can travel between realms a lot. So hell is a I literal place that exists in yeah. this world. So she was yeah. forced to fight a hell war, decided I don't want to fight a hell war and fled and then the patron of Will was hired by her former boss yeah, to kill her. Essentially right? tricking Will, who is a probably the the best good the the like the most good companion. The most like, just Yeah, like lawful, lawful good. good. Yeah. Um tricking him into trying to kill the Carlac, who she said was like a demon, but turns out Carlac's just a nice tiefling who has an infernal infernal engine for a heart, uh, which means she can't touch you because she's, she burns hot. She's hot to the touch. Okay. Well, this person has another thing for a heart then. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. Yes. They have a lot of common, <laughs> but so yeah, she's got to fix her heart. Uh, she becomes friends with Will and then Will actually, because he doesn't kill her, his patron makes him, start turning into a tiefling so he starts getting horns and stuff so he too. grows horns he's a human so but you can just become a, a tiefling a demon oh, no. does it a to demon you can with change a curse. You, yeah. is that what's happening to that little red-headed girl in that movie mike <laughs> well technically the demon thing is because an ancestor <laughs> right with a demon at some point yeah. it's fucking around it's, it's in the bloodline yeah colin it's there's a surprising up. amount of tieflings in this game the first mm-hmm. major conflict like. revolves around a community of tieflings and there's a lot of tiefling racism where other races are races against tieflings because they're like, well, they look like devils. They must be bad, right? But that's right. a common misconception. Tieflings are not good, all Orion or Is pirates. It, yeah. You know? 
You got to remember that. And as a tiefling, I, it's really good RPing where I can be like, you know what? I'm going to stick up for my brethren, this, this tiefling community. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm loving it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel and like, then, I, you know, the, 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 the character that I built in solo game is like, perfect for what how i want very to play true game. to the story yeah, yeah my yeah. little hobbit guy just thinks carlac is really cute so he wants to help the tieflings to impress yeah. her <laughs> so that's your main yeah. squeeze in this game carlac yeah right? yeah so that's yeah, do you guys have option. a favorite companion not even just the one that you're banging the most right, please right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah party composition um, matters i think what's your favorite kind yeah, of squad yeah. to roll out there well my squad for mainly utilitary utilitarian purposes right i have shadow heart the cleric for healing and that kind of thing she can also cast guidance which helps on every ability check basically mm-hmm. um i have generally my so my standard party is shadow heart astarian the rogue who can lock pick disarm traps and he's also a very good melee fighter uh with sneak attack and then third is usually my tank because I'm the spellcaster. So I need mm-hmm. a big melee tank, which is generally either Karlak the Barbarian or Lazel the Fighter, who are both very strong melee mm-hmm. combat people. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense for party comp. But unfortunately, Gale, who I like as a wizard, he has to stay home because I just generally usually don't have room for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes uh, I can switch out a Starion or something. Sorry, Gale. Yeah, Gail is. Yeah, Gail gets a little and bit Will, more action on my side, but Will Eisen, Will yeah. does not get you. Heisenberg's coming for you, Gail. Watch out! And it's but it's a yeah right. The the Will thing's a bummer because I like his storyline, but I just can't use yeah. him. He, he has no role in my party. But hmm. I have the fighter, so I I jump. I'm a little short guy, and I jump, and then I get Carlac, and then she'll jump too, and we're just hitting stuff. She's got her axe, I got my sword. It's the I Goth GF and my little guy, and we're just beating stuff up. And then Shadowheart will be casting buffs for us. And then I'll either have Gale to just magic from the distance or sometimes I've been playing with Asterion, but I, I kind of turned you on to Asterion, I think, because but I, I think, was showing you how I use him in combat, too. Yeah, you're like, look at how sexy he is. <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's very but sexy. I, I think having to be within melee range doesn't work for me since I have two people already doing that. So I yeah, think you've got a Gale lot of works a little bit better. Um, at that point, yeah, it's good to have a, at combat. least one uh, caster, right? You, you need yep. a caster. But Astarian, yeah. he he's up there with Karlak and Lazel in terms of melee fighting because he, he can yeah. do the cunning action dash, so he can dash as a bonus action, run up. So the way I synergize it, basically, so I have, I'm packed of the chain warlock, which means I have a pet that I can summon, a familiar. So right. I have an imp that I just always keep on me, which is like a little winged creature I send him in to attack. He, he, he usually orals high initiative as well as a starant. So I send in the imp. It attacks whatever, draws the aggression of that thing. Then a starant, all he needs is advantage to hit his sneak attack, which right, is much right. stronger than a regular attack. So he runs in with cunning action dash. He can run in from really far away, hit him with the sneak attack, and he does massive, massive damage. Once you get right. to level like five, six, like he's doing huge damage. So. Right. Yeah. And even with the fighter, you could take a feat that's like distracting strike or something. And so if I hit something, it would have focused on me and then he could do the same kind of thing. A lot of combat is like drawing focus um, and kind of like managing where your party is and that kind of thing. And what's cool is like positioning is really big, but it does help you understand like regular tabletop DNA because of things like advantage and disadvantage. And it'll show you two dice when you have advantage and it'll show you yeah. like, Oh, you're going to take an attack of opportunity if you move through this space. And like all of those concepts, you can shove and jump and topple, knock people down. That's all stuff in fifth edition. It's just cool yeah. to see 
you know, kind I of think for me, I was straight up asking really... Jacob, like sneak mm-hmm. attack. Wow. Do you have to be prone for that? And he's like, no, actually distracted, you know, and just like listing off the mechanic. It's just so fun to like converse on that stuff. Mike, it's yeah. great. Yep. <laughs> I like think I the mechanic of five, e of... prone. Yeah. Yeah. The advantage disadvantage of like, so when you have an advantage, you roll two die and you keep the higher number. And when you have disadvantage, you roll two die and you keep the lower number, I think is how right. it works. And that's just such an easy concept to understand versus earlier editions where they were kind of more complicated than they need plus bonuses maybe depending yeah. on who you are and yeah it was yeah a mess. and conditions edition, like being threatened or stuff like that like you know it's just yeah it's pretty it's pretty well done combat wise and i want to mention too you're talking about synergy and like min maxing but i did watch that video you sent it was a comedic video but it's four halfling barbarians and all they did is made four halfling barbarians and it shows their antics but like you could do that too. You don't have to have a perfectly balanced party. If you just want to be four weird oh, totally. wizards, it doesn't matter. Like you could do whatever you want. Oh, you can and make thing is your other solutions. companions. You can well, hire a four- people called hirelings. Oh, that's true too. So in, if you didn't want to use the companions, you can just make your own custom party members. Oh, wow. Uh, and that's an option too. But it's it benefits you to take companions because you, you know, you gain side so you quests. You the social stuff. link. Yeah. Yeah develop your relationships yeah right but i i I just want to underline and then we'll maybe go to another section of just general chattery um but uh, you know don't pigeonhole yourself into thinking you have to like have an optimal setup because not at all it can be just as fun finding quirky weird solutions because you're not an optimal setup like having to jump to everywhere like that's funny and like emergent so you can sky the the game how you want to play it. Yes. And I will say as a veteran of CRPGs, I have a lot of experience with this kind of combat and this kind of game. And so I kind of know how to build my character. I've played much more complicated games than this. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I kind of had an advantage there. I've heard from some people that have played this game kind of for the first time, a game like this and are kind of struggling with like the con the combat and like building your character, right. And stuff. Um, and I would say just kind of, you know, trial and error, find what works for you. And, uh, you know, there's ways I think you can play this game, not worrying about min maxing and just playing the game how you want to play it. Yeah. So so let's take another minute. We'll come back for another little section here about just kind of weird, quirky, weird stuff, just quirky, weird stuff, little vagaries, kind of just some of the fun that can be had before we'll, you know, wrap it all up. But, you know, let us generalities Baldergate 3 what we've kind of seen and and you know everything like that so we'll be right back right after this we're back opening the gate talking Bald Baldur's gate, gate 3 that's right, Bald Gate. <laughs> You're on normies like us. Yeah, so we, we've kind of set up you know, the general plot. We're trying to figure out what to do with these parasites in our brain. That's why we're all a group together. You can either lean into it and get powers. You can lean out of it, whatever. You, you figure that out on your own when you get into it. That's why you're in this situation. But I think why I, th- this game is so successful i think largely we were joking about it but because of like the the dating sim aspect and i just think that's really really funny and i've seen posts that say you know what like Baldur's gate 3 is just the sims for boys like and that's you know reductive and just like a joke but it's like 
you know. Well, that's just such an interesting point, Mike, because, again, I, of course, I said up top, this is now the highest rated computer game of all time on Metacritic. You guys mm-hmm. brought up how many people are actually playing it. But you do yeah. kind of ask yourself, why would something like this be so popular? And I think it is a combination of people love big now. They always say bigger, the better. Mm-hmm. And being able to talk and build these relationships. I think you're right. I think that simming stuff is a huge part of it. Yeah. yeah. I would say it's one of the most immersive games that I've ever played in that when you're playing it, you really feel like you're living in this world and it feels like such a lived in world. And there's such an emphasis on the storytelling, the dialogue, the writing, like there's so many cutscenes, so many lines of dialogue. The voice acting is like voiced. excellent across the board. Like they got fantastic voice actors. I'm a little frog. You gotta go <laughs> find something for me. I yeah. found oh, a okay. Well, it's minor you know, spoiler, but I found a Bluetooth. It's like oh, I hate those fucking eagles, bunch of shitheads. I'm like, whoa, dude. <laughs> like it's Mike. Right you thing. gotta come save me. I'm a blue jay. Yeah, oh, wow. that happens. <laughs> but like that's great. Specifically, I think the cutscenes like. There's a lot, and I'm surprised actually that this game is so popular because it is a very story driven game and it's very dialogue heavy. And there's a lot of cutscenes and they're very Mm -hmm. cinematically uh, done. So I think there's a level of polish that, like, this game has, like, a level of just quality that a lot of games. They well, don't have you had everyone making the... fun of, let's say, Andromeda's cutscenes and the facial animations, yeah. and it's like, what is this? You know how how the mighty have fallen, <laughs> but look at this. You know, Baldur's Gate totally. 3, I think this uh, picture of polish. The, the, the facial animations and the cutscenes are some of the best I've ever seen, if not the best I've ever seen in a game like this. Because if you compare it to something like, you know, of course, the Bethesda classic, like they just have blank <laughs> faces, their expressions never change, and like Stop Skyrim right and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've come so far, but like, it really feels like you're watching an actor and like, they did a ton of mocap for this. Right. But like, it's insane. Like the smallest dialogues will have, you know, expressions. It's just amazing. Well, I think that's a big part too, is like you are able to actually read emotion. Like you can tell if they're upset with you or if they're being, you know, if they're curious that you're lying or suspicious, you can tell if they're happy. And like when there's characters that are either trying to romance you and vice versa, that's a big thing. People are going to be romancing people. (laughs) You can do polyamory with certain characters. It's pretty wide open. But like when you're (laughs) doing something and then they, you can tell that they're upset or that they're pleased. Like it's, you want to reinforce that because the characters do feel like fully realized. So yeah, it's so cool. Like you and want again, to just help the them, different... you sympathize with their backstories or whatever. And there's, you know, right. for everyone. But just to emphasize the different ways you can play this, if you wanted to go a more evil way, mm-hmm. let's say, some of your parties, some of your party members would leave your party for good. If you made certain choices, um, Carlac would be like, I'm out of here. Like, mm-hmm. you're a piece of shit, you know. But you can also, if you're evil. So this is not really a spoiler. There's a whole other set of things. Yeah. Yeah. One of the main bosses that you have to kill in Act 1, if you do the good route, if you do an evil route, you can make them a companion and you can romance them. So, uh, there's totally different companions. There's one other side of the game that I've never seen. And who knows how that well is. Exactly. So, I've only played the good side, but they're probably, I would guess, at least 80% of the content on the evil side, conservatively. Yeah. And there's also, so I also wanted to mention, there's an origins option where you can play a custom origin, which is what a lot of people are going to want to do their first time. You can also play 
as one of the main party members specifically. So mm-hmm. you can play as their character and you get like a whole set of different lines kind of playing the game as this character, as the main character. Yeah, now. like if Asterion was the main or, you know, Shadowheart yeah. was Gale. the main. Yeah, exactly. And then there's yeah. another Whale. origin called the Dark Urge origin, which you can make a custom character with this one, but it has a Dark Urge origin where you have amnesia, but you're like a serial killer. You knew you, you, you've done a lot of bad stuff in the past. And you want you to do it quite, again. <laughs> and you have this urge constantly in your mind telling you to basically kill people and do chaotic evil type stuff. And you can play that as either a chaotic evil character, or you can play a reformed dark urge character and resist the urges and be like a, a good reformed dark urge character. So it's just fascinating. I, like I mean, Mike, that's an incredible D and D thing that they figured out mm-hmm. how to gamify the murder hobo. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Essentially a murder hobo. And if like, if you play a paladin, you can, pl- you can break your oath as a paladin through choices that you make in the gameplay and then become an oath breaker paladin, which has a completely different set of skills. And that's just like five E thing. The Oathbreaker Paladin is introduced in five E. I'm pretty sure it might be the route I go. That sounds fucking (laughs) badass as hell, dude. Whenever I hear the dark urge and you hear the voices, I call that the Randy Orton voice. This might be a joke (laughs) for me, but like this song is, I hear voices in my head, you know. And I like to think he's doing that slam on the ground. They're like, kill Randy, kill, yes, hell yeah. So so you got that in your head. But uh, yeah, it, it's an incredible game. And I think, again, the, the way the characters are so fleshed out with the writing, like you feel either you're invested one way or another. If you're invested to be a murder hobo, you will be. But like the stories and all the backstories for the main cast of your, your companions, it's just really interesting ways to show the breadth of what a and d origin is, where it's like, Will, the blade of the frontier loved by the people now turn to look like a monster, but still wants to do the right thing, even if people oh. fear him, you know, like... That kind of stuff, a demon who wanted to not be fighting war and is actually a nice person, you know, a yeah. vampire that looks fancy, but was actually a slave, like interesting, interesting, interesting kind of character backstories. And it's like, it makes me think about characters I would create in a tabletop game. Like, wow, that's a really good hook. Um, right. So they've done a great job showing really, kind of all the edges of what D&D can be. And again, it really feels like the spiritual successor to those Bioware games that were so good. Dragon Age Origins, Mass Effect 1 and 2, they were known for their companions, and I think this this does a great job as well. Um, yeah, just a fantastic group of companions, interesting backstories, interesting perspectives, and even the ones that I didn't like at first are like really growing on me. Like mm-hmm. Lazelle, who I found very annoying at first, her personality, Yeah, as I'm getting into her personal quest... Uh, it's really changing my opinion and like she's evolving as a character and it's like interesting. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just excited to play more and I'm all about a get the Yankee. Yeah. Well, yeah. And like I said, I'm learning I've a lot this about game, the Yankee people. Right. 50 hours in and I'm still in act one. I'm playing like a, you know, an obsessive completionist going around literally, you know, trying to find everything I can do before I move on to the next area. But I'm really excited to like get further into the freaking game. 50 hours into an imaginary person in this video game, you go, you know what? You're all right. That is great. (laughs) Before you start two more acts, that's an exciting setup to where's your relationship with that character going to go for the rest of this fucking game. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really, really great. And again, they're they're cool characters. Like I didn't like Lizelle either, but now I'm like very invested and I'm like hoping she has a good outcome. You know, and like, yeah. I feel that way for everybody, even the characters I don't take into the wild. Like, I hope Will gets his shit figured out with his demon right. friend. But Shadow like, Heart, I care about them. Yeah, I know her. She's going to be very important in the second act. Mm. Um, 
By the way, I wanted to mention some of the voice. There's two voice actors that I know of that are celebrity or celebrity, you mm-hmm. know, actors in this, which is J.K. Simmons and Jason oh. Isaacs. Yeah. Oh, Whoa, what? <laughs> who's J.K. Simmons doing? J.K. S- Simmons is Kethrick Thorne, who I think you, you'll meet in the second yeah. act. Okay. I do know who Kethrick Thorne is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. J.K. Okay, Simmons. Okay. So when you hear his voice, you'll be like, oh, yeah, that is J.K. Simmons. That's cool. And then the evil uh, Mr. Potter father. Um, <laughs> right. Jason Isaacs Love plays, Jason Isaacs. I would assume, somebody completely evil. He never plays anybody good. Probably, yeah. Even when he was in Star Trek, he was like actually an evil Star Trek captain. That's right. So. <laughs> what a twist. Yeah. Um, name. But um, but honestly, I, gotta, I know Colin. Go sorry, you uh, you're not a PC gamer. You have a PlayStation. Well, 5. here's the yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. Um, yes, exactly what you just said. I do not have a PC. This game is not released yet for this the console. Is, uh, coming out mm-hmm. early September for PS5. You guys so played it for ahead, month behind for consoles. Yeah, you guys played mm-hmm. it for mm, six years in the fucking beta together on this right. whole thing before <laughs> I could even get my hands on it. Um, right. And you you kind of uh, pointed out as well while I was watching you play saying that, uh, you know, that I don't engage with video games really when I play them. So it's interesting. Will I bite into this one? I, I don't I'm, know. I'm interested to see if you really get hooked on this or not, because yeah, you like to play, you like to watch, listen to a podcast or watch TV at the same time, kind of just relax, kind of yes. turn your mind off, play a game. I like to do that. You know, I play a lot of Fortnite. I, I play games like that, but this is a game where you really have to pay attention to the story. Like it, you, you have to, you know, you can't, it, it demands your attention, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'll, yeah. I'll be interested if you really get into it or, or you kind of bounce Video off. Video games are vomit content for me. Like you said, I try to mm-hmm. do everything at the same time and where I can do something like Elden Ring where it is not story forward at all versus right, this yeah. where it's like, actually, make sure you read that book in the corner because then you're just like, right, yes, no, no, right. I know, I know. I, I don't know. That's a good point too. Like they, you do have, cause I, I don't listen to music or anything when I play this either. Like I am locked in, you know, and like I, I'm gripped. I don't want to put it down, but you, it is very active to where like you have to escape room some puzzles. You'll, you do need to read that book in the corner because it will give you a clue. Like, right. I'll fucking, yeah. There's dude. some stuff like some fancy wizard puzzles and you got to use your freaking brain and examine everything and read every page and like figure out what that, you know, what the deal exactly. is. So you, I mean, it's that's super like, cool. Solving too. It's just like a D&D campaign. Like you, you wouldn't be able to watch TV while playing D&D, right? There you it just go. wouldn't work. So, but uh, do you have any opinion on that, Mike, as a dungeon master, I guess, of the gamifying of D&D, like we were talking about before? Should D&D just be a social thing so you are just locked into the game? Or should it be this thing you can just personally play and just like drop into, I guess? I think this is proving that um, D&D is more than maybe what people thought. I think the success of this, like, you, like it's intimidating to play on a tabletop for the first time. I don't know how to D&D or role play, right? This is a safe right. space. If you've never done D&D, you'll learn about the classes and the action economy and the combat and the exploration. I love right? this take, dude. You know, think- it'll get you into it. And then you can play with friends on this game to get a taste of messing around and hijinks and maybe uh, you'll learn uh, the tabletop. Uh, so uh, I think the benefit of, of the video game versus the tabletop has always been the the game can handle all the complicated math and stuff and the dice rolling yeah. that the DM would normally kind of mm-hmm. handle, but it's much more streamlined when it's a 
a computer doing it. Like computers can operate at a much faster rate than humans can. Yeah. Um, so having it handle all that complicated stuff, you just have to point and click where you want your character to go and what spells they want to do. You don't have to think about numbers really at all. Um, right. It's 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 a great way for normies to get into D and D. I think not sure. everybody is lucky. That. Yeah, like not everybody is lucky enough. Like as we know, a couple people who are interested in DMing, but that's like a specific skill set. Like so, if a single person is like, I would love to try D and D, it's going to be an uphill battle. You're either going to have to teach yourself the rules, this and that. I think this is a, a great thing. And as of right now, five hundred and forty thousand people are playing it. As of recording, That's this minute, right now, See, half a million people are loving it. So, And this game came out, again, like almost a month ago now. And normally a game like this would have more of a drop off as people kind of either finished like it or got bored momentum. with it. But yeah, and because it's so immersive, I think it's, it is hard to put down. So people are like getting in here like, damn, I can't, I have to play this game some more. Like I can't do anything else. So yeah. And, it's, and it's fascinating. It really is. It really is. And I'll just say one more little anecdote before we hop into final thoughts. I think we're getting around there. But um, just the fact that like this many people are playing it. And I can imagine now if Larian is just chill about it and they're like, okay, modding community, go. Like here's the tools. Like this could be a forever game. The number uh, of homebrew, you know, y- y- campaigns and stuff people would make you know, Tomb of Forgotten Horrors or something, homebrew that. Like, people can make, they could install the modules. You could do Raven Ravenloft. Right. You know, like, how cool would that be to run those campaigns in this engine? This could totally. be forever. Like, I, I love this idea. I think with all this goodwill, I think Larian should make Baldur's Gate 4. Um, but obviously, if they started production today, it wouldn't come out for at least five, six however Seven many years, years right so but this will be down the line good but, enough yeah <laughs> it's like skyrim good i think like this could be played for seven years and you wouldn't get bored right. you know with the right and with mike, the success I, that is experiencing yeah in uh-huh. your opinion mike how how close do you think we are to like a fucking helmet like just like give your life away to fucking video games i think we're within 30 to 50 years of getting really to okay. what we imagine okay. ready player one ish yeah. to be okay. Okay, they that's a little longer than VR I thought. Better. I appreciate that. Yeah. VR yeah. needs that to be more affordable for the average consumer once they get to that point. Because right now, VR is still like a yeah. huge sticking point where most casual gamers cannot and do not want to I just don't want to, to put a thing on my VR face equipment. either. I just don't want yeah. to do it. It's too no, nobody right. does. But well, once yeah, I figure I mean, that out, yeah. With how with how much this is taking over my life, though, like yeah, you know, slightly <laughs> better VR helmet, I'd pretty much be done for, you know. So <laughs> the the storytelling and the performance of digital characters is already so it's right there, you know. It's more compelling than like a lot of TV shows that I've watched, and I'm the star. Yeah. Like I, I, you know what I mean? It's like you're telling your own. It, it's like it, it's incredible. It's like making and I, your own and TV I, show. Yeah, and I do want to shout out again, like a big reason why this game is so successful is that Larian had the time and the resources to develop the game to the point where it was ready to be played. And, you know, they were allowed to have that. Like, obviously, not every game has the resources that this game had. And I think this is a huge lesson for game studios that it shouldn't all just be about how fast can you get the game out? Who cares if there's like a million bugs and stuff? Like, I hope other, you know, studios learn from this and be like, okay, if we take our time and make it really good, it's going to be a huge success and people are going to be talking about it for 
months and it's going to win game of the year because that's what this game is going to do. Well, yeah. You you shouted out, Jacob, you said that um, this one was really taking the cake from Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which, of course, sort of got accolades yeah. for the same thing. So let's hope this positive behavior is kind of paid off. Absolutely. It's interesting because, yeah, I, I haven't played Tears of the Kingdom. You know, I played a little Breath of the Wild back when Tears of the Kingdom came out. But I think, uh, yeah, this game has got to beat in terms of just the focus on story. I mean, Tears of the Kingdom had the whole building mechanic going for it. Do it all. Yeah. People have moved on by this point. And I think the new thing, I think it's going to win this year. <laughs> yeah. Listen, yeah. I, I forgot I to mention. Human I, connection. I'll you befriend you Zelda. Zelda, take your clothes off. <laughs> Zelda, Zelda takes her clothes off. <laughs> you guys know year. that my most anticipated game that I've been wanting to play for months that I've been telling you guys it wasn't this game. It was a little game called Starfield by a company called Bethesda. Oh, I was going to call it Skyfall. That's how dumb I am. <laughs> Skyfall. Um, Starfield, which is the first new Bethesda yes. game in years and the first new IP from Bethesda in like 26 years. Mm-hmm. And I was very excited to play this game, which comes out in early September. And now I don't know if I'm – I was going to pre-buy it. Uh, I was going to – you know, so I could install it. I could play it the day released – now I don't think I'll have time to even get to it by that because I will not be finished with this game. Well, hold yeah. on. let's let's call one more shot then, Mike. This game or Armored Core? Ooh, what do you think is going to be better? One hundred percent. That was game. your most anticipated. Wow. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. All right. All right. Um, A month ago, we were all. I was talking about Starfield. You were talking about Armored Core. You just want to get to the September I'm so like, you can play it. Zelda's? I'm going to get to it. Right. And I'm, <laughs> Shut up, nerd. I played the beta of Baldur's Gate. I'm sure it'll be good. It'll be good, but it's not going to be like Armored Core. No, nah, this game right. is game of the year. It's... it's Wow. Yeah. Final Fantasy 16 came out. No one's year, talking if you about guys it. remember. Yeah. Fucking Spider-Man 2. We all got stuff we're excited. If Joe was still alive, he would be like, say <laughs> right, right, right. And <laughs> this plane that took that dimension door. He's in, yeah. Yeah, he's in Avernus, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that what they call Pennsylvania? <laughs> uh, that's a good place, though. Let's let's go ahead and we'll transition wow. to final thoughts. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll wrap up Baldur's Gate because that's very good predictive of what is this thing going to be and what impact will it have on the industry uh, right after this. Closing the Baldur's Gate because we are wrapping it up talking Baldur's Gate 3 here. We're going to give our final thoughts. Um, you know, I just wanted to say real quick because I, I didn't have too much input having not played this game at all. Uh, I wanted to bring up two retro things. I wanted to make sure to, to shout these things out. Um, were either of you guys big Gauntlet heads, fans of the Gauntlet franchise video yeah. game franchise? Colin, you know what? I forgot to mention this earlier, but... Part of the reason why I bought Baldur's Gate 1 back in the day in 1998, I didn't know what Baldur's Gate was. I didn't know what D&D really was, but I knew about this game called Gauntlet. And I looked at the artwork on the box of Baldur's Gate and I was like, this kind of looks like Gauntlet. I know there's like a warrior and a wizard and you go mm-hmm. around the dungeon. party dungeon crawler, Jacob. Yeah. There was just something about it. So totally. I was literally just thinking about that. Like wow. in a lot of ways, Gauntlet kind of was the original game like this where even before elder scrolls like the early like elder scrolls daggerfall and that kind of stuff like 
gauntlet, you're talking the 80s, right? The mid 80s. Oh, I mean, I had I had a babysitter. Shout out Joe, another Joe, uh, mm-hmm. who showed me this on PC. And Mike, I know you'll love this. I mean, this was kind of the emergence of those browser-based emulations. Do you remember when those were yeah. kind of like bigger? Jeez. And you would hit the F5 to put more quarters yes. in. And it was like, you could play forever. And I just remember like, my mind is blown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. Gauntlet is a classic arcade staple. Yeah, that's a very good drop, man. Well, then, one more, one more. I really yeah. wanted to blow your mind with this too, Jacob. I was thinking about this because I've watched you play this game. You've talked about this game. You've told me the plot of this game endless amount of times, but you have sure. not made this connection on why I think you like this game in particular. Okay. Now, old normie heads know <laughs> if you listen back to a certain run of our episodes, you dropped mm. a fact where you said, hey, my favorite book series Harry Potter, I like Redwall, and I, of course, right. like Animorphs, which is about these slug yurks going in people's <laughs> oh, brains. God, that's like true, fucking, yeah. Taking control of them, where every time you talk about this, I think it's I'm like, yeah, it's Animorphs. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got, you got a yurk in your head, too? Yeah. <laughs> oh. And you also pointed out when I was describing the story to you, you're like, oh, so it's like cyberpunk with Johnny Silverhand in your head. Wow. Damn. Right, very much that's so. Very similar either. idea. Yeah. Where you have this thing in your head that's like taking over. I your gotta body. get this thing out. It's the whole driving force of the story. Well, yeah. here's the adventure we're gonna go on. Jeez. It's like, oh shit. You're right, and you know what? You can, if you choose a druid, you can be an animorph. Just full stop. That's right. You can be a wild shape. <laughs> <laughs> I was in our early oh, place. Oh, no. I was a, I'm Tobias. I was a badger. stuck. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Mike got stuck as a badger. Yeah, Stay two hour limit. As a badger. Don't worry. I'll still make love to my lover as a badger. I love <laughs> we'll it. make it work. We're we'll doing Animorphs next week, right? Next Let's episode. do yes. Animorphs without a doubt. Without a doubt. It's I'll kind of Tobias. also Redwall-esque. You're going around being yeah. like a mouse. What can I help you with? <laughs> Bro, that's true. An animals animals. Yeah. By the way, Four in this game, druids. you can get a dog that joins your camp and you can get an owlbear cub uh-huh. uh, that joins your camp and just hangs out. In this, I have this dog and this owlbear cub. So I can cute. pet you them can play both. fetch with the dog. I throw you can the ball pay fetch to with it. I can yeah. talk to it. It's amazing. Yeah, if you speak with animals, you can talk to it outright. It's, but, uh, it's played by Will Ferrell in an R-rated <laughs> film. That's so it's interesting. We've got to get our strays tie in for this episode. Um, it, what's one thing, too, jeez, uh, uh, Scratch, the Larian Studios put out a thing at one point that said after a week, like, he has been pet X number of millions of times so oh, far. And, yeah. they put, and, and then everyone was, it was like millions, right? And everyone's like, the these numbers boy. are far too low. We got to pump these up. <laughs> even yes, a yes. Like, and with so, those stats, they were, there were some yeah. interesting stats they were releasing about which, which class people were going with, which was the most popular. What do you, what do you guys would guess is the most oh, popular number one class that people are picking? Number it one has class. to be wizard. Yeah. It, it would have to be a magician. So I'm going to say wizard. Mm. Wizard. Number one class. I know what companion's number one because you shared this with me. So I won't ask, but which mm. class? Oh, it's a, it's Clarion or whatever his name I'm is. I'm Paladin. Asterion? Yeah. Asterion, <laughs> yeah. Mike, you win. It is oh, Paladin. Oh! Uh, Wizard is up there. Warlock, Sorcerer up there. There's yeah. a lot of charisma ones I noticed at the top because a lot of people are picking high charisma because of the Paladin's dialogue charisma options. too, yeah. Yeah. I just want to talk. Um, 
yeah, fighter is kind of up there too because that's kind of the intro. just the go to if you just want to be a melee kind of build. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a great game. And by the way, we're talking about Armored Core Six. We're Fires talking about come. Yes, we're talking <laughs> about you have Starfield something in your head in that game. Sorry. <laughs> um, and the whole God. reason that Larian. <laughs> Uh, released this game on PC on August 4th What was because, rather than September, they released it a, a month early because they were worried about uh, Starfield and Armored Core taking Rightfully away people's, so. yeah, yeah. people's attention. Um, but it turns out they may have, that may have been a genius move by them because now everyone's hooked on this game and they're not even going to play those other games. No, yeah, it's like addicted. how the Meg came out before Barbenheimer. <laughs> we all went through the Meg. We all, we all went to Megenheimer. I saw the Meg. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it's it's amazing that it's stealing all the thunder, you know, for yeah. these really like Armor Core is this week. And I'm like, right. Not even excited. Like I'm excited, but like, I would crazy. rather be playing Field is uh-huh. September 6th, which is around the same time that this game comes out on console on PS5. Um so yeah, it'll be interesting to see if those games kind of live up to what they're expected to be in a post Baldur's Gate three world now that we're living. I'm just in. glad that we have two years back to back. One year is Elden Ring, like I said, complete fantasy style RPG, but really focused on combat and immersion in the world. Not a lot of talking. Then we have the exact opposite: a fantasy game focused on the talking, not a lot of combat. You could just talk your way out of must a lot of the fighting. But it's like still this fantasy thing immersive and it's going to be game of the year. I swear to God. Yeah. Like it has and to be. I also just want to say like as I've been on Steam, I'm seeing what my Steam friends list, what everyone's playing. And there's been times where I've had four or five friends on Steam all playing Baldur's Gate. Uh, and I have not seen something like that again since Elden since Ring when Elden everyone's Ring, playing yeah. Elden Ring at the same time. Wow. I, do, I do also think there's some... <sighs> Something with like the JRPG dating sim side of this. I know it's been in the CRPGs, <laughs> but it gives me very big like persona vibe. Yes. Like, I'm just yes. so I just want to do my social links so bad. I want to advance right. all of my social links as, as much as I can. And it, it's really addicting to just get invested in those stories. So maybe that has something to do with it. It's really is the interactions with the characters that they created it. I think, it yeah, the, the characters, the story. I mean, it just, it just, everything just sucks you in and you're just like, I love, you know, I love this world. I just want to live in it and spend so much time in it and you just get lost. And it's one of those games that you look up and you've been playing for four hours straight and you're like, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's 3 a.m. Where did the time go? I haven't drank Um, any water today. What is happening? (laughs) I feel sick. I I shouldn't be doing this. I've I've read the underdark for five books worth of text. Yeah. 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 Um, can I ask before we get out of here, and Jacob, I would like you yeah. to give some recommendations before we get out of here too of some other I'm CRPGs excited. to try once they finish this in six years. But um, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> any 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 shenanigan type moment, something funny that happened to you or little group, anything? Uh, uh, just um, real quick, watching. Yeah. I did watch Jacob miss twice on two ninety percent chances to hit, and a bunch of curse words followed. <laughs> That's a that classic <laughs> of the yep. warlock. I seem to miss. I have generally sixty real life. and up percentage, and I'm missing. <laughs> 60s i'm missing 70s constantly and i'm just like what the hell these are xcom numbers for me like yeah. xcom is another game that i played uh turn-based combat that that draws a lot of inspiration with this game um right but yeah i've had so many little and there's so many little story things like you'll talk to like you can go into a, a, a settlement and talk to like every single 
NPC and they all have something interesting, some little thing that you can do. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just fascinating, like how much there is to it. And I, I've had so many different like interactions that have been funny. And uh, like the whole Zast Tam thing I was talking to you about. Yeah. Like, I love that. Like the, the tie-ins with the, honor amongst the stuff that's been in honor amongst thieves. They mentioned the Harpers as well. I'm like, I'm ready to go join the Harpers, baby. Come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we, we were doing group game. I'll mention quickly too. It's the same group that we had for the beta and we're, we're doing our thing. You know, me and Jacob are using our same characters from that we've described yes. in this episode. And then we have uh, a bard and a cleric, but um, you know, we were running around trying to play on the highest difficulty and we were just at a normal early stage battle, which is some regular human yes. thieves and stuff. And it just went Pretty so bad. Pretty much the bad. first battle you can get yeah. into once you land on the ground. Yeah. Right. So we're getting our butts kicked, but we're trying Oy. to fight these people. I try to light a barrel on fire, but then I light myself on fire. And then I'm dead. Oh the my door's God. open. We're trying to create a kill funnel. On the, but all we end up doing is picking up whoever's dead, pulling them inside the we door. We keep and trying shutting to close the door. The door. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll open it and fight us. We'll try to drag the oh next dead. Like, please leave us alone. But and literally kind of cascade of bad things yeah. happening. In planning this co-op game, I was in our Discord saying, like, you know, I've been playing on the default, the middle difficulty of the level in my solo game. I've been breezing past, like, every combat. Like, I've been killing it. And a lot of people, you know, more normie people who may not be Mm -hmm. used to this combat are saying, like, normal difficulty is really fucking hard. Like, I'm getting my ass kicked constantly. People Mm -hmm. are saying that. I found the, the default difficulty pretty easy, especially once you get to, like, level four. Yeah, I was like, let's go up. Let's do the hard difficulty. Let's try it. We got our asses kicked. Like, yeah, it. it was wild. It was it. Just, we we yeah. were trying to hold on, though, and kept closing that door. It's, I just remember the comedy of open the door, pull our dead comrade <laughs> in, close the door, and just hope they don't kill us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Man. So, yeah. It's a great It's game. been a lot of fun. We're playing that, like, one night a week now with, with our friends, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to playing again. It's been a blast. You know, and maybe kind of worth saying, uh, I don't know if it's the fever is carrying over, but we're all about to embark on a real life tabletop role playing game as well. uh, Pretty soon. That's right. And I'm I'm so excited. I'm excited for the energy you guys are going to bring to it. Having played all this now. Yeah, my yes. schedule's getting so booked now because I've got <laughs> Cyberpunk Night now. I've got Baldur's <laughs> oh, no. Gate Night. Like, it's getting crazy. Podcast. We have three. Uh, I'm here yeah, players. dude. That's yeah. fucking how it goes, my man. <laughs> but hey, no, man. I'm excited for it, too. And maybe this is a good way to lead into my recommendations. Yes. Um, so I thought a lot about this because if you're someone who's just getting into this genre, you've played, you've 100% at Baldur's Gate 3, you've put in... 200 hours or whatever. I don't know how you did uh, it, but congratulations. You eight hours a day for the last Congrats. month. I've watched two hours of it. You've played 200. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. And you're like, hey, Jacob, where can I like play more of this kind of game? Like, what would you recommend? And well, let me tell you, normies, uh, there's a couple different yeah. paths you could go down. I would say if you want, if you like this game because of the combat and the mechanics, um, I would go to Divinity Original Sin 2, which is the Larian game that they made right before this one. It has a lot of similarities. It's a different world, a different lore, but uh, still a very good game. So that's one way you could go. If you want, if you want a more old school CRPG feel, you could you could even go back. Like I said, get the Baldur's Gate One and Two Enhanced Editions on Steam. Mm. They're like five bucks each. Um, you can get Icewind Dale Enhanced Edition Two, which is another. Uh, kind of a spin-off of set in the same forgotten realms. Um, 
Or you could play Pillars of Eternity 1 and 2, made by Obsidian, games I super, super love. Um, They're definitely a little, you're getting more hardcore in terms of they're not all voiced, like they don't have the production value of this game. It's a lot of reading. It's it's very dense. Mm -hmm. It's not for everyone for sure. It's like a novel of a video game, but it's it's a really cool game. And Dead in Pillars of Eternity 2, Deadfire, especially I really love. It has a more nautical theme to it. You're on a mm-hmm. ship traveling around this archipelago and like Ah, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. You're learning about these different native cultures and stuff. And this is a world similar to D but different. Um, it's Obsidian making their their attempt at a spiritual sequel to Baldur's Gate one and two, like I said. But it's it rules and it still holds up super well for a 2014 uh, mid 2010s games. Um, so that's another route you could go down. And yeah. I also want to shout out Pathfinder, Pathfinder Kingmaker, Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous. Talked about it on the last Whatcha. That of course is also based on a offshoot of D and D called Pathfinder. It's a little more stat heavy, a little more for the hardcore min max nerds out there mm-hmm. that want to perfect their builds and stuff, but. Those are super fun games. Um, and then again, if you want to get away from the fantasy genre, you can play Wasteland 2 and 3. Uh, 3 is the newer one. I would definitely actually start there. It has more of the modern uh, you know, quality of life uh, type things. Um, and if you wanted to take it in a more cyberpunk direction, the Shadowrun trilogy mm-hmm. uh, is also very good. There's a trilogy of video games in the Shadowrun universe that... Uh, which is a fantasy meets cyberpunk based on the kind bright of feel. universe. Yeah. Yes. From based on bright. our favorite movie. Fairy bright, lives don't matter today. Yeah. Starring Will Smith. Based on the bright universe. <laughs> but it's like, uh, it's like elves and, and, and that those yes, races in the cyberpunk magic, setting. But also yeah. cyberpunk. So you can have a deck and you can be surfing the cyber webs. Yeah, but what if an orc wore a hoodie? <laughs> yeah. Right. You'd probably have a, um, accent according, <laughs> to the bright universe, uh, according to the bright universe not me <laughs> those are turn-based combat as is wasteland three mm-hmm. um so there's a lot of routes you go down so i would shout out pillars of eternity wasteland two and three pathfinder games divinity original sin one and two shadow run go old school play dragon age origins play the mass effect games play the original Baldur's gate play all of them um, you know what so, i love i don't even yeah. think it has to be uh limited to pc anymore i believe a lot of those you can just get on the switch now oh, absolutely yeah, yeah. well bioware started making the transition to make more console friendly games like dragon age origins and mass effect which they were like really trying to get the console audience so they got away from that hardcore pc style that the old heads love but made it more acceptable for for everyone i guess mm-hmm. sorry and i know we're trying to get out of here but just because you kind of just said that it did jog my memory and i know you guys talked about it a little up top but i thought maybe let's just expand two more seconds on it yeah mike playing with the controller versus uh, how jacob mm. was playing with the keyboard when i was watching him it seemed so keyboard intuitive yeah. and focused and stuff i could not imagine and he switched it over for me to show so many dials and it's very interesting. And very so wheel-based. I, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. So with the keyboard so the beta, and mouse, pointing and clicking, but yeah, yeah. controller. Like, yeah, go ahead. Standard style of CRPGs: point and click, a massive menu with a trillion icons. But you just click them. You yes. can reorganize it, customize it, no problem, right? Yeah. But, you know, I, I kind of keys. Yeah. yeah, and I've been a controller boy. I played, you know, Dark Alliance and shit on controller, PS2 and stuff. Wow. So I'm kind of used to it. But yeah, the beta didn't have it, so I tried to homebrew it. Did not go well. 
I was really suffering to use a controller with the beta because it well, that feature wasn't in. Mm, now that it right. is, it's not perfect, but it's it's good enough. Like I'm, I don't feel any friction. You just pop open the action okay. wheel. It has all the stuff you can do, and I'm anticipating there's an option in the controller menu that says customize the wheel. But yeah, you can't select yeah. it. It doesn't work yet. So I'm anticipating that will be fixed by the console launch and that will be patched yeah. into the PC version and then hmm. boom, everything's good to go. Um, there's just a little the fact weirdness. That, yeah. Yeah. Just the fact that they made a way to play with, with controllers is impressive because it's not yeah. an easy mm-hmm. kind of game to transpose to a controller style. Like I the keyboard felt- and mouse... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm saying I agree with you. It is designed yeah. for keyboard and mouse, but I felt near zero friction with the controller this time. Right. You know? That's surprising. Well, I thought it was interesting when I little switched quirks. to the controller. So, like, keyboard and mouse, you're pointing and clicking, your whole party goes where you want, right? Mm-hmm. With the controller, you switch to a, more of a, fir- not a first-person perspective, like but, person. like, you're controlling your character directly. You're moving them around with the joysticks rather than pointing and clicking. So, I think... That's a very interesting difference. I think it's I've seen it like the the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games. It's like Jacob switched to that character. You're like, I can't. I just play this one. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. But um, no, it feels pretty intuitive and immersive because then you're just literally wandering around. Like I'm not clicking and waiting for them to arrive. It feels yeah. for me like I'm there because I'm just walking sure. around Exploratory. the camera. You know, so that's cool. The only one little quirk is the actions are different for every character so like attack might be north on my wheel and the other next uh, character it's like southwest and it's like what is going on and it's because right. the customization feature so that's something yet. yeah once they add the customization you'll be able to do it the way you like and, and the other thing that perfect, you yeah. we were talking about last night when i was like you're like oh you can choose which character you like when you're in the initiative turns when your care when there's not an enemy between your character's turns you can choose the later character uh to go before the earlier so like if i wanted to get a buff so yeah like i want to buff character a but character b goes after them i could select character b have them do the buff and then return as long as there's no enemy in between them in initiative but you didn't even know know that that, so that was like a thing with controller there's not a tutorial for that with controller yeah yeah I, but you can do it, but they don't tell you how. So right. there's a little bit of stuff you have to figure out. But overall, I'd say it's a good experience uh, either way you play it. I, I don't want to get carpal tunnel. I do a lot of video editing. My mouse wrist already is a little iffy. So the controller sure. is just more comfortable for me anyway. So I want you to map it to your flight stick. And then I had that, that for the beta. I had to do the flight yeah. stick because the controller didn't have enough buttons for the CRPG. Pew, pew. <laughs> they couldn't create a wheel. But uh, yeah, right. Baldur's Gate, I think it's great. Oh. Is this go Elysium a CRPG? I wanted to mention that when you were. Yes. I was just wondering that. My, yeah. <laughs> it is. So the CRPG genre Mystery is a very thing, loose right? genre and a lot of things. So everything from Mass Effect to Disco Elysium can be considered a CRPG. But generally, they're a top down isometric point of view, generally turn based or real time with combat pause or mm-hmm. with pause combat, but there's exceptions to every rule. But Disco Elysium, I would consider a CRPG, yes. It's oh, not something go. where you also just have to have a created central character. You can have the narrative character that is still a CRPG. Yes, you okay. can have Yeah, you can have a custom character. You can have a set character. It all depends on the game or the story, right? Interesting. Yeah. Well, I think there's nothing but, you know, a wealth of content here. We said also these companies need to not make excuses you know when when ea and these companies who have record profits and then they lay off hundreds of devs but the ceos are getting millions of dollars of bonuses and they say we don't have the staff we don't have the time 
It's a blatant lie because they have more people on staff than Larian. Larian was hundreds of people across multiple countries. Right. But they took the time. Every company can do this. And for companies that are saying this is unrealistic, it's just them being upset that they're going to have to make an effort. Because if you can pay your CEO $200 million bonus and fire 200 regular employees, I don't think it's that you can't do it. It's that you don't. And I think, yeah, and the employees are the ones that would prefer to have a longer period of time to not, first of all, less crunch, which is, you know, bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then just more time to actually make a completed game. Um, and there's still bugs. I've had bugs in the, in the finalized game. Yeah, you it's got some stuck in the but... ladder climbing animation yesterday. It yeah. was weird. <laughs> just the whole time. Yeah, they just do this constantly. <laughs> but still, um, yeah, it's polished. But for such a huge game, of course, there's going to be bugs. Like, it, it, it would literally be impossible. Like, you'd have to... It would just be impossible. So. Meanwhile, we just released the same Madden with the same bugs from three generations prior that they refused to fix, and they're cutting features out. And it's like you're, right. you're fucking kidding me. You're, you're working with seventy well, percent the same base. Twice code. what the other one cost. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. And you're asking ten dollars more for that than they're asking for this. So get fucked, Larry. And right. thank you for what you've done. Hopefully, you can maintain uh, this quality of content. You deserve absolutely amount of time you want to spend making that, and think people are going to play this for until that's ready. So. Yeah, And I'll just say for my final thought, um, I think we've gotten, you know, Mike as a more newcomer to this genre, we've gotten your point of view, me as a veteran of the genre, Mm -hmm. you would say I've played pretty much every major CRPG in the last 20 years. Like I said, like I've tried to hit them all just to see if I, even if they're older games, like see how they live up to today's standards. And Mm -hmm. I got to say, this is one of, if not the best game that I've played oh my God. in this genre. It's amazing. It's one of the best RPGs I've ever played. And I'm only in the first act. I don't even know what oh happened. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, That's we, incredible. We're feeling this happy, and we're only in the first third. Yeah. <laughs> what the so, hell? Of 200. <laughs> yeah. With, with mods. Um, yeah, it's huge. I mean... Well, I'm taking my time with it, so I may put in like 200 hours before I get to the you, end of this game. Do you guys think there will be some big-ass DLC? I don't I even know if it more classes. Because there's just so much in the base game already. But, you know, more though. classes, more races. You know, you just always drop that stuff. Yeah. yeah. But what and classes I think the could they even add? They have so do a lot, too. Already. Sorry. Yeah. Multi-classing. I mean, I think that's already in the You can multi-class, yeah. Yeah, you could do prestige classing. I don't know if... Oh, you can prestige. Or that's something they could add. I don't know if it has it now. Oh, okay. It does I know like Pathfinder, the Pathfinder games have prestige and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, check those out. Wasteland 3, I think in terms of production value, that's one that a lot of normies could get into more than some of these more traditional ones where it's like you might bounce off of it due to the wordiness and the denseness. Like Wasteland 3 is one that has good turn-based combat, an engaging story. It's like a Fallout type of post-apocalyptic game. So I would say check that one out. It's a, it's a good game for sure, too. Yeah, start at the mountaintop. Start at the peak that is Baldur's Gate 3. This is really you decide that you want best, more, so. you can work your way down the mountain and get to the roots of the uh, origins of this uh, genre. But I'm, I'm glad that it's this good and I'm this hooked on it because I've not been traditionally big CRPG person, but now I can't put it down. And I'm glad it's getting that mainstream crossover you know, success. Um, and if that leads people to play more niche games, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Well, this is, this is uh, to get us to the end, but like, yeah, this is an example of like a studio just making a good film with a good script for like, just 
because they want they're not trying to hit four quadrants it's not for everyone right. it's not like a like you know, whatever type of movie we're just going to make it the way we want it a barbie we're gonna make it for us Barbenheimer. Yeah. <laughs> look at that yeah um, yeah and shout out the year of D. we had a big yes. major motion picture we had the game of the year I mean, D&D heads, we're winning right now, you know? Yep, yep. After a lot of scandalous, yeah, bad... Oh, bad well, they did, and they retracted the yeah, creators. Yeah, which is a yes, so yes, fans won. Yes. At least fans of D&D are winning right now. Yeah. Yeah, right. I would Wizards, say. Don't, don't be so mean. <laughs> that is a great lead-in to say, though, <clears throat> that um, we would love to hear from you, which you can do at normies underscore like underscore us. We can rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. That helps us out a lot. But I would like to know, yes... Are you enjoying your year of D&D? Are you about to play some tabletop? Are you playing Baldur's Gate 3? Um, Absolutely. If what you're involved you in this, oh, I would love to know that. But if you're involved in this video game war that's about to happen, write in if you're some psycho who's like, no, what did you call it, Mike? Fires of Ember. It's Fires, Fires of, of Rubicon. Rubicon. That's the official Fires title. <laughs> the only game this year is Fires of Rubicon. Rubicon. Yeah. I would love to hear that. <laughs> yep. Man. I mean, you got a big FromSoft and your big Bethesda coming out, and people don't even care anymore. Oh, boy. It's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. Fellas. Jacob, you're like two weeks away from being like a space farmer <laughs> or whatever and never showing up about that. So I don't want to hear I it. I'm going to still play quickly that quickly going to be, yes, replaced. So, and Look, Fortnite. This way, about most games that I get super into, so yeah. I can understand that hesitation but this game truly is like <laughs> you know the, it's all it's, i think about when i'm not doing yeah. it but what is the great <laughs> i'd say for like listeners, if you don't listen to me yeah but like a month from now when people look at the normies like us podcast feed and they're like oh okay so here's this episode on Baldur's Gate 3 also two episodes later there's a starfield episode <laughs> where jacob's like game of the year this game ever made look, we, like, it was I've Baldur's Gate 3 like this Baldur's Gate's bullshit back, baby <laughs> nope nope yeah. i'm gonna turn the much we'll into just Baldur's Gate 2 episode. yes just another yeah. episode of this i love it i can't wait i can't wait um but until then we have been your hosts. Uh, this is Claret Colin. This is uh, Mike Sterion. And just the amount of time you would have finished character creation. <laughs> hey, and this is Warlock Shadow Jacob. Uh, roll it up, Normies. Eldritch Blast. Eldritch oh. Blast. Oh, jeez. Oh, my. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Who are you? Wow, we didn't, didn't stop. My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools!